Welcome back to another episode of the Body and Mind Strong podcast. My name is Renee, your host and integrated fitness coach. My mission with Body and Mind Strong is to help you achieve your health and fitness goals and maintain long-term success by giving you the proper tools through online fitness training and behavioral coaching. We're rolling along in our episode 34 today, and I'm so excited about today's episode. I finally get to do an interview. Today, I'll be interviewing Lisa Swanson with Body and Soul Coaching. Lisa is a certified ACE personal trainer, a health coach with a specialization in the female metabolism, and an orthopedic exercise specialist with over 35 years of experience in the industry. What really caught my eye with Lisa when I was doing my research is her focus on working with women over 50 years young who are dealing with health and fitness during menopause. Empowering women to reach their goals and truly thrive in midlife is her number one passion. With her online program, Metabolic Design, she uses her unique approach to teach women not only how to get in shape, but to stay there for good and transform their lifestyles to one that supports long-term success and healthy living. Okay, enough about my intro. Let's bring Lisa on so she can tell you even more about herself. Side note, we actually did the interview earlier today and she brought a lot of great information to the table. So you're, I think you guys are really gonna like this episode. So now without further ado, all right, we are on. Hello, Lisa. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Renee. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, I am so excited for the, for this. I am like definitely like I'm definitely excited for this because it's been so long since I've interviewed and just talking with you about health and fitness is great. I love it. Talking, you know. All right, so Lisa, um, I've already kind of did your intro, but let's kind of. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about yourself. Mm-hmm. And just kind of let everybody know. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do with body and soul coaching. What I do with body and soul coaching. So body and soul coaching was, I founded this about 10 years ago or, or more. I'm losing track of the dates at this point um, because I wanted to help women over 50, women going through menopause, women perimenopause. Men, it's mostly menopause that I deal with right now um, mm-hmm. because it's just not the help out there for women, you know, you go, so even you go to doctors and they say, eh, menopause, accept it. You know, you're gaining weight, accept it. That's the way it is. Joints are anky, jo- joints are anky. I'm listening to the way I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> joints <laughs> are anky. brain. There's <laughs> menopause brain, right? Menopause brain. Yes. Joints are achy. Not uh-huh. being able to sleep, all these things in there. And you typically get a, a shrug or Oh, that's menopause, you know, deal with it. Or or medications, um, throwing, you know, antidepressants at women, you know, things like that. And it's like, no, there is an answer. We can be healthier and thriving mm-hmm. at this time in our life. It's like, I mean, I feel like midlife and beyond is such an incredible time in our lives. And like we should be able to enjoy it. We we've been through so much in our life at this point in time. Um, yes. You know, we've had our ups and downs. We know what we want. We know what we don't want. And mm-hmm. why not just go for it? And it's real hard to go for that when you're feeling like crap. So I wanted yes. to create a program in body and soul coaching. Um, I call it my metabolic design series, right? My main is um, metabolic design, <clears throat> excuse me, which um, focuses on my three main pillars. One being habit-based nutrition. I don't believe in diets. I will not give anybody a diet. I will not give anybody a meal plan. I want them to learn how to eat in a way that's right for their body. And mm-hmm. I'll get, well, just tell me what to eat, Lisa. That'll, I'll just do what you say. And it's like, sure, that'd be great. But what would you learn? I'm not going to empower you with anything if I just say, eat this. 
Mm-hmm. Or if I say eat like me, right? That's not going to help. First, I tell people I'm vegan. I don't expect my clients to be vegan. I would say maybe a quarter of them are, but that's it, a personal decision. And our lifestyles are personal decisions. And we need to decide what is it we are going to do to get to where we want to go. They have to be in alignment. So I help people figure that out. And it's to say, well, I want to go out and, you know, I want to have a drink every single night or have drinks every night. I'll say, okay, but that's not in alignment with your goal. What are you going to do? There's not a right or wrong answer, right? Uh But you need to make a decision on what's going to get you. You know, there's certain things that can get somebody to their goal and they better be ready, willing, and able to do that in a way that aligns with their lifestyle. So that's what I'm all about for nutrition. That's what it has to be. I'm going to tell people honestly what they need to get there. And if they're mm-hmm. doing something that's not going to get there, I'm, I'm going to have to point it out gently. <laughs> so that's not <laughs> going to do it. You know, so what do you want to do from here so we can make the decision to move forward? But I'm also teaching them along the way. Look at this is how you ate. This is how your body responded. This is what your body needs so that they can continue even beyond working with me. I have you know clients who stay with me for a year or more. Um, but also clients who, you know, do my 16 week program and feel like they've got a lot of knowledge and they know just what to do and they're able to maintain their results. And a lot of it comes from that nutrition uh, approach of the habits, the habits yes. and modification, the lifestyle, sustainability. Um, the next and, part of what I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, that, I'm totally for that as well. In fact, one of the, my next podcast coming out, I'm talking about insight and awareness when it comes to your nutrition and your foods and paying attention to know what's working for you, not what other people are telling you that you should be eating. Like you're a a diet that may be working for your best friend and may not work for you. So it's kind of listening to how your body's responding. And I don't know about you, but as I've gotten into menopause, just my body's responding differently to Mm -hmm. different things. And I've noticed that I can't take alcohol like I used to. And I didn't realize that was a menopause thing. And I had an OBGYN (laughs) a GYN point that out. I'm like, oh, that makes sense why my body doesn't, is not, it's not feeling good after alcohol anymore. Yeah. Isn't it funny how the, the list of what menopause effects grows every year? Like, you know, they'll say, here are these 10 menopausal symptoms. The next year there's 20 symptoms. Now here's a hundred different symptoms and side effects of menopause. It's like it grows. It is. "That's, That's menopause too. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I have one symptom. I'm like, I just thought I was the oddball out. And it turns out like 50% of the women have it. And I'm like, why wasn't this talked about before? I don't understand this. There is so, <laughs> so much to this. I'm like, so it I'm not really crazy. <laughs> You're not, we're, we're not crazy. There is a lot going on out there with yes. us and women need to know about it. Right. So they don't feel like that so that they can be empowered to say, okay, this, this is what's going on. But I know that if I balance my nutrition, I can balance my hormones. I balance my nutrition, my hormones, and I work with the right stress levels. I can balance out my metabolism. I tend to say balance out and make my metabolism flexible, then then, um, boost my metabolism because it's not really boosting metabolism. It's working with it. But you do all those things, and a lot of those signs and symptoms start going away. We just need to learn how to take care of ourselves properly. Definitely. And I've noticed like I was one of those that I was blaming menopause for my weight gain. And and finally this year I did a lot of changes and I've dropped like 22 pounds in this past year just by changing. Thank you. Just by changing the way I'm eating. And there was a couple months that I fell off that way of eating that I found for me that uh-huh. worked. And I started having more struggles and more issues. And then I went back to yeah. the, the foods that were working and just 
feeling better overall, like just physically and mentally, like I'm normal, like just feeling normal, right. really. Yeah. yeah, I think when um, women feel like, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> women feel like, wow, I feel like, I feel like me again. I'm comfortable in my skin now. Mm -hmm. I'm not just, you know, that feeling is just, it's, it's nutrition. I mean, there's more to it than nutrition. Like we have the whole workout aspect of it as well. Because um, a lot of women don't know how to work out when it comes to menopause. They, they're out there doing spin classes seven days a week. They're doing weight training, well, some weight training, but typically it's spin classes, cardio, uh, group classes and they're not stressing their muscles the way that they need to and they're not giving their bodies the rest that they need to it's like when you think about it we're getting older our uh -huh. cells are turning over at a slower rate <laughs> we're not sleeping as well our bodies can't handle that same amount of intense exercise that we did in our 20s and 30s and, and maybe a little bit into 40s uh -huh. we need to scale that back and i think the go-to is typically i'll do cardio I want to lose weight. I'm going to do cardio. Cardio burns fat. Cardio burns calories. Well, yes and no. <laughs> you know, it's not going to burn that much more. Our bodies will actually adjust. Like, uh -huh. I don't know if you know this. You probably do, Renee. When you're doing a lot of cardio and you're burning a lot of calories through cardio and you're, you're getting that energy out, right, your body will then make you slow down the rest of the day to balance things out. You, you fidget less, you toss and turn in your sleep less, like all these little things that would burn extra calories, you stop doing less, you move less. And so it that balances makes, out. Yeah, that makes definitely yeah. perfect sense, too, because that um, where they was it, I once heard this analogy, our body is our bodies are built like a Prius because it's it, they're built to uh, conserve our energy. Mm -hmm. But we want our abilities, our bodies to be like a 1970 Chevy or something that's just right, blowing right. out all the gas, right? <laughs> and just burning all those calories off. But our bodies always try to uh, adapt to maintain. And it's exactly. it makes sense. It's built to keep us alive. And if we're constantly burning calories mm -hmm. and fat, we're going to die because we're going to run out of like fat and exactly. everything, right? So our bodies are built to keep us going and alive. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and part of that is teaching when body and soul coaching, what I do is I teach women how to work out in mm -hmm. a way that that is going to help build muscle to keep you burning body fat, to build the muscle that because you have to hold on to it because we're losing so much of it. But a lot of times I think what women don't understand is that you have to have a plan. Um, if you want to get from point A to point B, you need to have a plan and it can't be I'm going to go to the gym and hmm, maybe I'll do full body. Maybe I'll do that machine. Maybe I'll do that machine over there not the way that's not a plan it's just not a plan it's not going to get yeah. you there and so I, I take them through a whole periodization program where we're focused on you know the different needs through different stages of the program where that energy output or your exercise is in alignment with the energy input or your nutrition mm -hmm. so a lot of times people say well i'm going to and you probably hear this all the time i'm just going to eat less and exercise more Right. And I'll lose weight. And then they say, oh, my gosh, it's not working. I better eat even less. That doesn't work. I exercise more. So it starts uh -huh. going eat less, eat less, eat more, eat, exercise more. And they get this big gap and that big stress that our body says, no, forget it. We're going to conserve everything now. And we're just going to hold on to that body fat. <laughs> and uh -huh. we're going to and the muscles just going to keep slipping away because sarcopenia. That's what happens as we get older. We start losing muscle and, and that accelerates. So, all right, so now you need to say, okay, so what's the solution that I can not only save my muscle, but build it, right? You have to have the right type of plan that doesn't over-exercise you, 
but at the same time, this is a balancing act, at the mm -hmm. same time stresses your body enough so that you can elicit change. Because if you don't put stress on the body and get some cortisol going during those, those exercises, you're not going to yeah. build muscle. The trick is get that cortisol up, work those muscles hard, get that cortisol back down again and, and rest, <laughs> have some time off, get some sleep. So I think that's another, this, this part two, I would say, or the second pillar of body and soul coaching is the, you know, the habit nutrition and the periodization and progressive overload for your strength training. And then we sprinkle in cardio depending on the client, right? Mm -hmm. Too much stress, let's take that cardio away. Don't have too much stress, okay, maybe you can add some in. I mean, you want enough to keep your heart strong, right? Yes. But you don't want to look at it as, oh, this is how I'm going to lose weight. Exercise is not for weight loss. Nutrition is for weight loss. Exercise is for helping you maintain that weight loss and to keep your body strong and healthy and maintaining mm -hmm. your muscle. Definitely. That's what I believe. Yeah. And it's huge. Like and just the building of the muscle mass, it's, and I know it, it's coming around because when I started strength training like 20, 25 years ago, I was like the only woman in the free weight section. So I have learned to how to strut in like a queen into the free weights, which is I'm trying to teach <laughs> awesome. other women this it is because and then working with like I'm a contractor with military. So for years, I've worked in military, worked out in military gyms, especially army. It's mainly guys. Right. So I've had to learn just to you strut in, you make your space. It doesn't matter that they're younger and they're stronger. But what I've noticed, what was it last year? I went to I was at Planet Fitness working out. And I looked up in the free weight section and it was all women. And I was like, and I wanted to start by like, hey, like making noise. Cause I was like, I have never seen that before. Cause normally it's always men that I right. see in there. So it's definitely coming around where women that it's okay to work out, but I'm mm -hmm. still running into my clients that are hesitant to go to the strength training areas. And right. I'm a huge, like, even with my coaching clients and especially like when I work with my therapy clients, I mean, huge for strength training for women. Cause one, it's a great outlet. It's stress management. It's self-care. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of yourself. Um, it's confidence booster. So like right. with a lot of women I'm working with, I don't care what age it gets you going. And then with my younger ones, I really push the strength training because you're building this muscle mass before getting into menopause stage, which is giving you a good foundation and like yeah. you said, how we start to lose our muscle mass. Well, as we lose the muscle mass, we increase the chances of osteoporosis. So having that mm -hmm. muscle mass really helps protect the bones. And so I'm big, on, like everything you said about strength training, I'm with you on that one. So. Yeah, it's so important. And, and I'll even look back on <clears throat> clients over the years and the ones who had the most dramatic results were the ones mm -hmm. who really followed through with the strength training, not only follow through with the strength training, take that a little bit further, are the ones who understood that you needed to lift to failure. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't just pick up a weight and say, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this bicep curl with five pounds, 15 times. And I'm done when you could have probably done 30 more repetitions. And like you tell them, no, you have to work to muscle failure. You need to stress that muscle to push it a little bit past its limits so that it will change so that it will grow so it can it can get stronger and i think the women who really focus on the strength along with that are the ones who like lose all these inches like they they all lose weight but the ones who have the dramatic inch loss are the ones that focus on the strength training it's interesting you said that because i came to a realization what was it two days ago um i started when i started back into my strength training because before COVID, 
I was on the road because I wanted to do like a stage competition, right? So I was eating healthy or was fit, COVID happened and just all that just yeah. just shot, it was gone, right? So I gained like 30 some pounds over COVID. So as I'm getting back into things, I'm taking it slow. I'm like, okay, I'm dropping this weight. I'm gaining some of my muscles. I'm seeing my shoulders start to pop out. So let's keep kind of pushing it. And I slowly started pushing the weights because I didn't want to go uh, too hard because I know with my joints, I wanted to be careful and not yes. do another injury. And then I was lifting, I was doing lat pull downs and something hit me and I was like, let me increase this. And I increased it by like 15 pounds and I still did like eight pull downs. And I'm like, am I really wow. undershooting my weight? <laughs> like, like before I really thought I was kind of pushing to failure. And so then I, cause I nearly started lifting like 55, 60, 70, 75. Finally, I stuck it on a hundred and I did one. And I'm like, why am I undershooting my back now? I'm like, I can definitely start pushing up. Cause I think yeah. it's where we feel like we are lifting heavy, but we're not paying that much attention. We can actually lift heavier than we really think we can. Yes. I think yeah. that's so true of so many people. And, and there's two sides to this. So there's, I had one client, she, um, this is when I used to see people in person and I don't anymore. And she's telling me she does her bent over rows and what she does. And it's like, you know, when you ask people if they do the workout, I do three sets of 12, you know, <laughs> you know, when they answer that, they're just picking up any weight and just doing 12 reps and putting it down. It's like, it's not quite how it works. A little bit different than that. And, um, and so I had her, I was in person with, her. I said, okay, let me see you do your 12. And she did her, you know, her 12 repetitions with her 12 pounds. I go, do another one, do another one, do it, have saying that. And she kept doing more. And we should, I think we at 25, I finally said, okay, stop. And I said, now rest. And I gave her 15 and she still did 25, had her rest. I gave her 20. She still did 20, brought her up to 25 or 30 pounds where she finally got to the point where she was reaching muscle fatigue or failure by yeah. 15 repetitions. And all that time she'd been using 12 pounds. There's a big difference, right? When you've got yes. one pound, right? Going from, from 12 pounds all the way up to that. And it's like, that's amazing. Then you have the other people who have been working out for a long time. This is the flip side of it. They've been working out for a long time. Their joints are achy. They're trying to push through heavy weights. And you try to say, you know what? Let's drop your weights back. And they're like, no, no <laughs> I definitely. can't do that. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, you want to kill your joints? <laughs> you know, let's, there's some healing that needs to go on here. You haven't rested enough. We want to bring those weights back and do higher repetitions. Doesn't mean you're going to lose muscle. Right now, you're, you're pushing through these aching joints and everything. We want to be kind to them. So let, let's bring those weights back a little bit so that we can build that back up. And then they return to heavy weights and like, oh, my joints don't hurt anymore like yeah you <laughs> listen to your Definitely. body and, like i i was of that same mentality mentality of kind of pushing through it mm -hmm. until i saw something a while ago and so i backed off especially on my sh uh shoulders because i'm having issues like with one of my elbows and so i backed off from the weight and i slowed it down like i would i slowed down the whole motion and yeah. it just the burning i would i still get you still get the burning like you don't have to go you heavy do. to get the burning you just you change the like the pace of it as well or you shoot up and you slowly bring it back down like or you hold it exactly you could definitely exactly oh my gosh i just did this with um because i was having some pains as well and going okay so what should i do here so what do i tell my clients to do because i mean i think we're both probably guilty of not doing what we tell our clients to do yeah yes. and i just said okay guilty. i'm gonna lighten up my weights let me bring that down 
um, issues. Again, something about the elbows. You know, it must be something we did when we were growing up with our weights that we didn't do right. Well, the elbows hurt or our shoulders aren't quite right. I said, I'm going to lighten up on my back. I did a back and chest workout and I lightened up on all of the weights and I was doing my chest press. And really, I took off maybe 15 pounds off of my normal chest press and then brought the weight like all the way down the barbell, all the way down to my chest. It's not that <laughs> much of a chest, so it goes way down. <laughs> all right, so this big, huge stretch as I came up and I only got through 10 repetitions. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I went very slow and very methodically through it. And that huge pull coming down, it's like, oh my goodness. So I've been missing part of my range of motion while I've been uh-huh. struggling through those heavier weights, which was well, second and a half, you know, it, it's gonna stop me from improving, right? Uh-huh. Because I'm still, I get pains in my joints, so I'm not gonna be able to go any heavier. So it's not really doing a whole lot for me. And I'm missing part of my muscle because I'm not going through full range of motion. So I'm just gonna shorten the muscle with anything. So I'm just like, wow, this is a really important lesson that people need to learn. Yes, women need strength training. Yes, women need to lift heavy. But you also have to take care of those joints and make sure you're not lifting heavy until your body's ready for it, right? Yeah. And my first phase of my program is called um, mobilization stabilization, where we I purposely don't want them going below 15 repetitions and keeping the weight light enough that they can do that so we can get through full range before I start increasing any weight on them. really makes a big difference. Yeah. And I think uh, two comments, if I can remember both of them first, <laughs> that is definitely important to start slow and light in the beginning so you can make sure you have the right form as you're exercising. Because I think when you first start, and you start too heavy, form tends to start taking a back seat. Mm-hmm. So starting in the beginning like that, starting slower, getting that full range of motion, that's the second thought. Um, range of motion is huge. I don't think people pay much attention to that. And it is important to have the full range of motion Mm -hmm. and velocity. Like when you pick up the speed, you're using momentum. And so you're not lifting that weight. You're you're letting momentum to help you with that. And so right. or other parts down. of your body, right? The bicep curl where they jerk their back. It's like, yes. Oh, really, you should really bicep on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's so common. But I think um, so like having that nutrition, having that fitness part in place. And the third part, which I know we're both like totally on on the same page with this one. It's the mindset part. We really Uh work a lot on let's how do we navigate these roadblocks that we um, that are in our lives, whether they're circumstantial. Um, like I have a busy schedule. I, you know, I am a mother and I, I have a business or I'm working full time and I have elderly parents. I see a lot of that sandwich generation, elderly parents, kids in college, you yeah. know, trying to figure out your retirement while you're still trying to get kids to like a lot of that goes on in this generation more so than previous generations and trying to navigate that and fit in time for yourself. Because I think women can feel a little guilty about Uh taking time for themselves. It's like, no, I'm here to help others, which is a wonderful, glorious, compassionate thing to do, being a a human being who wants to help others. But if you keep giving, there's not going to be anything left for you. You do need to take care of yourself and honor yourself. I think it's important to everybody else in our lives in any relationship we have, that's important to know that we are important, just just as important as they are. Right, there's that aspect of it. But then there's also the the mindset roadblocks. There's the I'm not good enough. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Um, I am not a healthy person. Having the identity of I am I'm an overweight older female 
and it's impossible for me to get into shape. You know, having these thoughts in our head or letting fear take over, whether it's overwhelm, procrastination, the all or nothing approach, like all of these different things. And I know I'm spewing a whole bunch out there, but these are all different topics that we that we hit on during our coaching calls to make sure it's like, okay, we need to discuss this because when you can take care of those navigating the roadblock, that nutrition and fitness becomes so much easier to follow through with and be consistent with right? The, the pillars of coaching, consistency, commitment, and communication. And that consistency part has to happen. And it's not when you get all these blocks, all these walls built up around you. Yes, definitely. And actually back to when you're talking about taking care of yourself, I've actually coined a term mom syndrome with that. And I saw that yeah. a lot when I was doing integrated behavior health, which I was working in a doctor's office with the doctors and the patients on like the whole mind body connection, like diabetes, high blood pressure, stress, anxiety, depression. And what I saw was women having more health issues because they were so focused on taking care of their family. And some of the um, cultures I worked with, that was a big part of the culture. The women took care of the families, but they start struggling health-wise because they were so focused on everyone else. So we really had to work on balancing it. So I coined it mom term because I saw all the mothers go through it. Like, I'm like, okay, you yeah. need to pull back. You can't take care of them if you're not taking care of yourself. And right. um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I was like, I need to find another name for it, but I'm like, I, I've called it mom syndrome for like 20 years now. That's um, not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> but but because it's true. It's, yeah. it's so very true. And I think when, and, and it, it's so important to our children that especially our, well, I shouldn't say especially our, our daughters because it is just important for young men to see that their mothers are important and that they take mm -hmm. care of themselves because they're going to be maybe one day be a, a a partner to somebody else and they need to know that their partner is just as important if it's a female partner mm -hmm. um well either way it's important but especially women just because we struggle so much with that and our daughters need to know that they are important Mm -hmm. Right, and if they see mom never taking care of herself, what are they going to do? They're going to grow up to do the same thing we do, and then it perpetuates the whole yes. thing. So if they can see that, no, mom does take care of. Oh, wow, mom gets up and meditates every morning. Mom takes an hour off from her family and and goes out. I can remember my mother when I was young. I'm very liberal mother. Um, like she started the um, civil rights office in our town. She mm -hmm. was a very liberal woman and uh, very pro-feminism. So I was lucky to grow up with that strength. And I had three other sisters and three brothers. So lots of lots of diversity in my family with uh, personalities and all. But she was very much um, into you, know, you, not just you taking care of yourself, but knowing that you're strong. You're a female mm -hmm. and you're strong and you can take care of yourself and you need to be doing that. And um, it was method, it was pushed so much in my family at one point when I was young, I was like, I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> but but of course you, you then then take that on as you grow up. And I know there was another point I was gonna make in there and I can't remember what it was, but just seeing <laughs> a woman who who was, you know, intelligent, taking care of a family, but also doing what she needed to do. She was an avid reader, she was, you know, very intelligent and, and she got involved with things in the community and did things mm -hmm. that she loved. You know, that's important. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wrote down mindset for the second part of what I wanted to respond. Now I can't even remember what that was. Well, let's see. In mindset, Whatever. we were see. talking about, let's see if it triggers your memory. We're talking about different things in our mindset, which is our identity, mm -hmm. right? What's, what's your own identity? If something will come into this with the identity of, I am an overweight, unfit woman, 
And if you have that identity, no matter what you do to try to get into shape, you will sabotage yourself, you know, because you're still going to be thinking that. So you get to go out to exercise. Well, I'm not the type of person who exercises every day. So you have to start changing your identity. That's one part of it. Another part is um, we could also be, be being blocked by fears, fears of getting in shape. It could be the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of other people's opinions of us. Um, and fear shows up in so many different ways that we, um, I have one uh, coaching call that I talk about the 13 different ways resistance appears. And I, I can't remember them all right now, but just as a general, it can show up as overwhelm, procrastination. Um, what are some other ways fear shows up? <laughs> Those are only two showing up from my mind right now, but, but usually overwhelm, um, yeah. procrastination, over planning, avoidance, if you're doing things right. Yes, all of those things. Um, yeah. just learning how to deal with those things to help you move forward. But yeah, mindset, it's like, you got to deal with it. You have to yep. deal with the mindset. It's a and crappy know, part of it. And part of, for me, part of the mindset is like, when I have people, I always, I'm a huge goal person. And I think part of that personality, part of it is my training in integrated behavior health and solution focus, but I'm huge on goals. Cause I found that when people have goals, it gives them some kind of direction versus where do I do today? Like what am I, and you kind of hit on that a little bit, like just with your exercising earlier, like, what am I going to go into the gym? Well, I'll just do a little bit of this today or, you know, having that plan, which kind of comes from a goal, like, Hey, my goal is to get a little bit stronger. So what's the plan behind it? But with the goals, I also have them define a why behind it. So why are you doing this? Why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to do some self-care? Do you have a family you want to take care of? So you need to take care of yourself or do you just want, you know, what is your why behind it? When my clients, I have clients that would be like, well, I want to be skinny or I'm like, okay, we need to go a little deeper because that's not enough motivation and right, right there. So I always, and that comes from the mindset is trying to have a mindset beyond, I want to look like what society says I should be looking like, because that's, mm -hmm. we're growing up that, you know, the skinny hot women get all the, the blonde hair, blue eyes, like we're growing up to certain like, uh, figures or I don't know, uh, just, uh, descriptive personality or traits that get more right, right. attention and that's what you're supposed <coughs> to be like and it's not it's you you know why do you want to get healthier and it's i think the why helps where when you get that mindset behind like hey i'm going to do this so we're in a culture where going out to eat and drinking is that's how you socialize it's a big thing and that's normal and when i don't drink i've even you know i do drink here and there but there's been times where I've cut it out for health reasons. I would get the response. Why, why don't you want to have fun? It's, Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> why do I have to drink to have fun? And when you're trying to get healthier, you, you come up, you, you're faced with all those things and you're faced Definitely. with all that. And you're like, your mindset behind it is what's going to help you be okay with it and not be like, Oh, I need to follow them. Or, you know, right. I have these important goals in my life. This is why, and I'm totally okay. You can drink. I'm just going to hang out. Yeah, I know. I, I totally agree with that. And it's interesting to say, well, I want to be skinny. Or usually the clients will say, I want to be thinner. I want to look better. And they say, I know that's superficial. And I say, no, not necessarily. Then you go into the same thing you do. It's like, okay, well, why do you want to be thinner? It's like, well, I'm mm -hmm. going to feel better. And it's like, okay, then why do you want to feel better? Well, I'll be more social. And it's like, really? Are you not social now? And it's like, well, not really. Why aren't you social now? It's like, and then it starts coming out. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I've gained weight and I don't want my friends to judge me. 
right? So it's like, okay, so now you're worried about judgment. It's not just, I want to be thinner. I don't want other people judging me because mm -hmm. I've gained weight because it's not accepted. And we're going to be talking about me. I mean, health will come into it too. I'll get into the health. It's like, well, I want to live a long, healthy life. And that's awesome too. But if you can get to that root of, I don't want to be judged by others because of how I look now. Now you're getting into some pain points, Yes. right? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, so this is painful for you. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I think that's what you mean when you talk about like, let's get to that deeper thing and then they can get to, yeah. okay, I can, I'm going to get this way and I want to look good, feel good, be healthier and not feel judged by others, but also letting go of other people's judgments, <laughs> you know, learning how to do that, I think is really important because honestly, if anybody's out there saying, I don't want to be judged either, I guarantee you they're not <laughs> because most people are too busy worrying about themselves to be worrying about what you're doing. They won't even remember what you wore the next day. Exactly. They're just too worried about themselves. But Definitely. there is something true though, right? There's that side, but there is something true, I think, in most people you know, they'll say, and I don't remember, you know, probably know this better than me, Renee. It's like, you know, in seven seconds, people make a judgment about who you are mm -hmm. like by looking at That's the first thing they do. They look at you and they judge you by what you're wearing, by how you're standing, you know, all of that. They make a judgment. So, and I think that's an unconscious judgment. They're not sitting there sizing you up, thinking, oh, wow, she gained a lot of weight. It's just a, a judgment about you overall, I think, in yes. or seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. And it's like back to being skinny. Like I, when I was really training to go on stage and just gaining healthier, even to this day, I don't like to be called skinny. That because as when you're building muscles, you don't want to be skinny. You want to be lean because I still want that right. muscle mass. And I've worked with a client on, we were kind of talking about weight a little bit. And um, she thinks I'm skinny quote skinny and I'm 50 pounds heavier than she is and she was like in her eye in her mindset just kind of opened up it goes back to mindset she had her mindset around a specific this is the number I need to be for my body yeah. and not thinking about the health it was very just very data oriented and not about the physical emotional right. how am I feeling all that stuff and that, that just kind of opened up her mindset I'm like oh so this I can be heavier on the scale but not look heavier like and i think a lot of women yeah. have that struggle you kind of brought it up a little bit in that I, don't, I remember i don't remember what you were talking about but it was kind of that they have they don't want to gain muscle mass because they don't want to be heavier even though you know a pound of muscle is probably but what half the size of a pound of fat mm -hmm. so you can weigh the same on a scale but be leaner and exactly smaller waist you know Such a difference that's like tell somebody if you were <clears throat> If you say you wanted to lose 10 pounds and the scale doesn't move at all, but your clothes are fitting better, and you're like, well, then if your clothes are fitting better, your inches have changed, but the scale hasn't moved, you absolutely have lose, lost body fat. You've yes. just gained muscle. Now, and I, I will, there's one part in there, people say, well, that's what I want to do. I want to gain muscle and lose body fat at the same time, which is not an easy thing to do, right? Losing body fat is a calorie deficit. Gaining uh -huh. muscles with calorie surplus, but there are times when you can do it. I know I have done it myself. It can happen if you have been away from training for a little bit for a while, right? You're it can also happen if you have not been doing anything or you've been yo-yo dieting, 
right? A lot of times, this is a hard one to get people to do when people come into the program and it's like, okay, I need to reverse diet this person. She's been dieting for so long. We need to reverse diet. And you start adding calories back in. And as you start adding calories back in, your body's like, oh my gosh, I've got fuel. <laughs> I have fuel to use. And they start losing weight going, I can't believe I'm eating more. I'm really full and I'm losing weight. And I feel stronger. So I think like in those few months when you're going through that, you absolutely can do that. It's a very mm -hmm. fine line that you're on. That's why I like to keep, I mentioned that people like doing the calories way down here and their exercise way up here. They have this big deficit. If you bring that closer together, right? Yeah. You can go with that a lot longer and you can hold on to muscle, even build muscle while you're burning body fat because you can use that body fat that's actually being used for fuel. Um, but yeah, it's amazing what you can do when it comes to making that shift in body composition. Then they start understanding, oh, I feel stronger. Wow, I feel really empowered. I could, I carried my grocery bags and ran up the stairs and felt great. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> like things like that. They're starting to feel so much stronger. And I think it makes them want to do more and move more uh, in general, not just in the weight room. Yeah, and definitely. And that's part of like, I'm huge on that. When you're feeling like you run up the stairs, you're getting help, you're feeling stronger. I want my clients to write that stuff down because in a couple months, you're going to forget about that and not realize the progress you're making. So keeping kind of a log of like, hey, I'm feeling healthier or hey, I've got more energy or hey, look what I can do now. Or like those little things are momentum. They're big. Yeah. But sometimes yeah, we big. just we forget because they're little. You know, yeah, that's a good thing to have them write it down. Have I should do that? Have a uh, a a spot a non scale victories, right? Yes, that they can write down each week. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a great idea. Oh, I like that non scale victories. There we I go. Like Use that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, let's see. Um, I I had a couple more questions, but I think we've talked about a lot of these. Um, because one of my next questions is like, what would you advise someone going through menopause that's wanting to try to lose some weight? And I think you pretty much tackled that. Is there anything? Yeah, follow my three like? pillars. <laughs> yes. Follow my three pillars and you're there. <laughs> definitely. All right. Because I yeah. think that's definitely. Um, how would you say? And I think, no, we kind of touched the base on this a little bit about going back into strength training slower um, as we get older. But is there something specific like going into menopause that people can like a tip that you can give someone going into menopause around strength training well i think the main thing is you have to less is more less is more when it comes mm -hmm. to menopause i mean i think you can probably reach a point where you can work out more but not 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 going back to working out, you know, seven days a week or six days a week, even like we used to. I mean, I do have times when I do that, but that's not all strength. I'm counting my strength and my cardio mm -hmm. uh, in that. But I think when somebody's first time, you really want to get some gains. It's focusing on your sleep and your recovery, making sure that you have enough of both of those so that you do build muscle. Because those cells are going to take longer to rejuvenate. They're going to take longer to build. And when you're in the workout room, you have to remember you are not building your muscle while you're working out. You're breaking the muscle fibers down while you work out so that when you rest, they'll build up to be strong enough to do what you did. Uh -huh. And if you don't give them enough rest in between, you just and then you're going to start breaking them down on top of a muscle that's already broken down. So it's just really important that you focus on that rest. Listen to your body. 
listen to your body, push it hard for a short period of time and get the rest that you need. And, and honestly, whether it was me or Renee or somebody else, you know, having a coach that can help you through that will make a really big difference in your journey, being able to show you exactly how, how often do you need to rest? How many times should you be working out? Now, some of my clients, it's twice a week. Some of the clients, it's four times a week. Because I really think it's individual. And I think definitely having a coach just gain a different perspective, because even though I'm a personal trainer, you know, a certified personal trainer, I'm actually looking to get my own coach because I need to get someone that will get me out of like I tend to do certain workouts over and over because they're my favorite. So I just don't even think about it. I just start right, doing them right. or I think I'm on the right path. But, you know, like as a therapist, I always have my clients take take themselves out of their situation and look at it from different angles because when mm -hmm. we're in the middle of it we think we're doing it right or we think we're on top of something and even as the personal trainer i feel like i'm on top of it but i'm pretty sure i'm missing someone so i need someone from the outside looking in and be like oh what are you doing no stop like or hey keep doing this or right. you know a different perspective with that so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I agree with you. It's such a difference to have a coach. When I competed before, I haven't competed since you know my forties. So I was forty-seven. I was actually in perimenopause when I competed, and I had a coach for that. Um, mm -hmm. Changing my business over to online had a coach for that. Another stage of growth in my business had another coach for that. I you know, I, I really believe that having a coach can shorten that journey, that learning curve that mm -hmm. you're on. It makes a really big difference. It's, it's hard to see what we're doing. Like, you know, we're talking, we both talked about this when we're um, on our own uh, working out and it's just like, gosh, why isn't anything happening for me? Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm doing what I tell my clients not to do. <laughs> like, yes. I, I wasn't listening to my own advice, but it takes a while to see that. I think yes. the coach comes in and they see it right away and they go, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> that's, that's not the way to get there. Well, it's funny because one of the questions I hate the most is someone asked me, what would you tell your client? I'm like, oh, because I know. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why am I not listening <laughs> to my own self? Like, um, but yeah, back to what you were talking about earlier about like your workouts, things have to change going into menopause. And I've actually found mm -hmm. that out by accident because I started when I was going back into my uh my pattern eating, like eating healthier, trying to get stronger this year, going into the, just the healthier lifestyle. I started doing the same thing I've always done. And I'm finding I cannot do that right now. Like I always would go in, I do the cardio and then go do strength training or I do strength training and then go do cardio right afterwards. And cause I had this ritual and I found that I can't do both anymore. Like if I do cardio, I'll do like a spin bike for like maybe 10, 15 minutes and then I'll do some cardio. But I'm finding that I have to separate those two now and my body's liking it better that I'm separating them. Which yeah, is it's, it's so important to listen to your body, right? Yeah. It's so amazing. It, it makes such a difference. And I guess that's one of the biggest things is teaching people to listen to their body and then knowing what to do about it. Yes. is important you know it can't be like oh this isn't right because some people might be in that same situation you're in it's like why, why can't i do this i have to maybe do more cardio or, or more strength training or or maybe i need to eat more protein or maybe i have to eat which a lot of them do but or the mm -hmm. or more carbs or whatever it is they might be they might be turning to the wrong thing and then frustrating themselves even more i think when you have the science behind it and listening to your body that's when you really can make some progress and I think you just, you reminded me of a point I thought about earlier, because when you were talking earlier, like when as women, 
first of all, women are left out of, out of a lot of like health studies. And yes, yes. Like it's always, if you look back, even psychological, it's always been like men in the past. And so that is actually starting to come around. And it's interesting. I have this uh, study review from Bill Campbell out of Florida and the, the study actually took women ages 50 to 80 years young. Right. And I was like, first of all, I was like, Whoa, not only is it women, it's older women because older, as the older we get, the more invisible we get. Right. So but they just did a study on different, and I did a podcast it's a couple of episodes ago, but did a study on like protein and these women were not active. So, but they monitored just their physical activity. They didn't put them on, oh, excuse you. Sorry. You. That's okay. <laughs> um, they didn't put them on an exercise plan at all, but they just increased their protein, which is something you just mentioned. And these women who had the extra protein increase, they actually ate more calories on top of the extra protein, but lost more weight than the, um, the, um, we want to call it the the baseline group, whatever you want to call that. I forgot it, but yeah, just adding more protein and they actually had more calories from that plus extra calories on top of it and lost more weight. Yeah. So incredible. We need it. (laughs) We need it. Women don't starve yourself. Get that protein. in. I had one client who just would not believe me about needing more protein. And, you know, you have to believe in the, the philosophy. You have to be able to trust the process. When you sign up with a coach, you need to be able to trust that coach enough so that you're going to follow their process. Because if you're only going to like half ass it, so to speak, you're not going to get to where you want to go or come up with, she would say, well, I just talked to my doctor and they said that, um, they were shocked at how much protein you wanted me to eat. And it's like, you know, doctors have about a week of nutrition. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not what they are trained in. They're trained in medicine. Okay. Yes. That's a medical doctor is trained in medicine and they're very knowledgeable and know a lot, know a lot more than I ever would on the, but nutrition, I, I would <laughs> put myself up against the doctor any day on my knowledge on nutrition. And it's like, I'm telling you the studies now are out there showing that women, especially women in menopause, they need more protein. I mean, before, I'm trying to remember numbers before, a lot of years ago, it was like 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, which is like mm-hmm. very little. Like, it'd be like, oh, you need 40 grams of protein. And it was based on what we needed to survive, to survive, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. What do I need for that? And now they're finding it's like one gram of protein per pound of body weight or per pound of ideal body weight or per pound of lean body mass depends on where you are um mm-hmm. so it's like I and mean, that's a huge difference that's a huge difference from taking a woman who's 150 pounds and saying you need 40 grams of protein a day to you need 150 grams of protein a day mm-hmm. you know and but they're getting it and once they start doing it they'll be like so full and it's like yeah because you're not used to having those calories right yeah the weight's going down i'm full but the weight's going down how is this happening Definitely. Definitely. Magical. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Uh, what my final big question, what's one lesson the health and wellness business has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their lives? Oh, that's a big question. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I sent it to you early. (laughs) Um, I think that that question, what I would say is, is periodization. I'm going to bring it down to periodization because uh, people talk a lot about periodization when it comes to weight training. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I agree with that. I don't think you can constantly be trying to build muscle or constantly be trying to work on muscle endurance. I think you need to switch off what your focus is for certain periods. And I do this with my clients all the time. It's like this month was strength. It's strength. This month, it's fun. This month, it's function. This month mm-hmm. it is endurance, etc. But there's also periodization with your nutrition because you can't always be in weight loss mode. And I think that's mm-hmm. what women do. They go into weight loss mode. They say this works and they keep doing it month after month after month, even when, even if they've made, even if they've gotten to their maintenance level, they say, okay, this is what got me here. I'm going to do this. And it's like, no, <laughs> your metabolism is not stagnant. Your body is not stagnant. It's a moving target. And you need to go either from weight loss mode, because if you need to do that, then you figure that out weight loss mode, reverse dieting, right? Bringing those Uh calories back up and muscle building mode. And even I'll go so far as to say, uh, what was called the couch potato mode, where it's like, I don't care about exercising. (laughs) I don't care about my nutrition because it is, it's short periodization, right? Uh (laughs) It might be a weekend. It might be a week when you're on vacation and it's okay. If something like that triggers you to stay there, then it's not going to be okay for you. But one uh-huh. week of doing that is not going to do a whole lot of harm for you, uh-huh. right? It's just one week you decide to split your, you know, I have a client, she's, I'm going to Paris. You know, what do I do? I, I enjoy yourself, you know, <laughs> dive into the culture, have a ball. And she did. They walked around, they saw Paris, they ate any, everything they felt like eating. And she came home two pounds lighter. Yes. Stress was down. She uh-huh. was enjoying herself. She was walking, not exercising. So she was getting some movement and uh-huh. just had a lifestyle. But it's like you need to have times like that. Uh-huh. So just think about toggling through those different periodizations of nutrition as well as periodizations of um, of your workouts. And when you learn how to marry each one of those to each other, what are you going to do? Where's your nutrition periodization and what's the um, – muscle strength periodization that you're going to bring together during each of those as you're going through. And and now you've got a lifetime of knowing exactly what to do for your body. Awesome. I love that answer. Nice. All right. Great. Now, how can the listen, our listeners find you? Well, my uh, website, bodyandsoulcoaching.com, you can always go there and you can contact me through that website. If you have any questions or at all, just, you know, surely reach out. I love for people to reach me on social media. Always trying to build that. Um, yes. Ask Lisa Swanson Fit um, for Instagram and on Facebook. Um, it's Lisa, I think it's Lisa Swanson Health Coach. Um, go in there and you can find my Facebook group. But, you know, just reach out if you're interested in joining my Facebook group or having a conversation. I'm, I'm more than open to talking to anyone. But uh, I'll love to see you on social media as well. Awesome. Great. I will definitely have all that information in the show notes for you guys as well to Great. Uh, find her. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I loved, enjoyed this very much. Got to have you back because I definitely want to talk more about, you mentioned periodization and diet and nutrition. And yes. I'm like, I've read studies on that. So this, that was something I'd love to maybe next time we can talk a little bit more about. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed my time here with you, Renee. I, I mean, we know, you and I know, we both think uh, a lot alike about when it comes to um, women in menopause or perimenopause, and we mm-hmm. both have are uh, passionate about helping women um, to be their, their strongest and I was going to say leanest, but I don't want to go there. Uh, their strongest, <laughs> healthiest, most vibrant self that they can be beyond the 50s and 60s. You know, yes. Let's, let's just take it right into the 90s. Yes. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, you have a great day and thank you everyone for listening.